As all day, now some rushes come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Today is a day where I realize how much I love and hate sports. Like, I love sports. It's what I do for a job. Hours and hours and hours every week of just watching sports. Only then to come into my job spend eight hours a day talking about sports and working with sports. I love sports, but I also hate sports. If I'm being honest, sports are also the worst because today I spent, I don't know, a good amount of my free time in my brain just thinking about what we'd be talking about today, what we'd be discussing if the result of yesterday's Super Bowl was flipped, right? Flip the result of yesterday's game. Let's say the Eagles win this game 38-35 over the Chiefs. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. If Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble and just just change like one or two plays, very reasonable that this game could have flipped and the Eagles could have won a close one. What would we be saying today? We'd be saying, you know, Mahomes, I, he's great and he wins MVPs. He makes the flashy play, big sidearm off-platform throw. But he doesn't perform well in the big game. He can't get it done in the big game. Instead, three points difference. We're talking about him on Mount Rushmore and Kenny Catch Brady. <laughs> If the Eagles would have won, if they would have won this game 38-35, today we'd be talking about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And you know every show would be doing this. They'd be doing some segment that sounds like, you know, I'm not trying to overreact here. But looking at history, and Jalen Hurts hasn't turned 26 yet, history would tell us that the Eagles aren't done. They're probably going to win seven of these, at least. (laughs) Like, that's... That's my my favorite thing is the overreaction to the first-time champ. I was like, I don't see any way this doesn't become a dynasty. Right? Think about that. Three-point difference in yesterday's game. Three points. Could have been a fluky play. Could have been a flag. Could have been whatever. Flip this game on its head yesterday. Maybe Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble. Maybe the Eagles get one sack. Maybe that flips the game. The conversation today would be so different. Our outlook on Patrick Mahomes would be so different. The game would be almost the same. But what we'd be saying today would be so different. And listening to takes on TV and the radio today was just driving me nuts. Like, man, sports are so dumb. I love them. They're my favorite thing in the world, but they're so dumb. And they also drive me crazy. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We should have a super show today. (laughs) I was going to try to work in as many Rihanna puns into the show as possible, but... Then I thought, how many of the, the listeners to the show actually know Rihanna's songs really well? I don't even know Rihanna's songs really well. I did, however, make a joke when I tweeted out the link to listen at Wisco Grant. Uh, the caption of the tweet was, I want you to make me feel like I'm the only show in the world, which I thought was clever. We'll see how many people actually pick up on that joke. So no Super Bowl puns, no Rihanna puns. But it is going to be a really fun show. I'm really looking forward to breaking down this game. I'm really excited to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We're going to talk a tiny little bit about Rodgers because there's a tiny Aaron Rodgers story this weekend, right? It was a Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport collab. They put together a mixtape and dropped it together. It was this nice little little collab project that they did at NFL.com, and they were making the rounds on, on Sunday, too, about the Packers basically saying, ball's in Rodgers' court. 
If he wants to come back, we'd love to have him. If he wants to get traded, we'll look to facilitate. I mean, the Packers are, are putting the ball completely in Aaron Rodgers' court. So we might talk about that. We might get to that at some point tonight. I don't really want to talk about Badgers basketball. They blew a massive lead in Nebraska on Saturday. I'm not going to go there. If you want to call and talk about it, I guess we can. I don't really want to, but I'll do that with you. Also, we have Mike Clemens coming up at 530. He's still in Arizona. He's still he's still picking through the scraps, looking for sources, looking for stories. He was in the press box yesterday uh, for Super Bowl 40, 57. I don't know. I don't know. What number is it? Let me look at ESPN.com. Super Bowl LVII. 52. What's? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's 50, 57. 57. Because the L is 50, the V is 5, and then 2. Yeah, 57. He was in the press box for Super Bowl 57. So we'll talk with Mike Clemens at 530. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to join the show on Twitter, and you can always text and call 608-796-2558. So, a couple of things we know to be fact after yesterday's game. The Chiefs have now a chance to be a dynasty. They've hosted five AFC title games. Every year, Mahomes has been a star. He's hosted the AFC championship. He lost one AFC championship game because D Ford was offsides. And then he lost to the Bengals last year because he melted down and really played his only poor half of playoff football in his career. He's been right there or in the Super Bowl every single year. Mahomes is unbelievable. I think we all agree that he's going to end up a very high ranking one day right now. If you think he's going to be the best ever or wherever we, we agree, right? That the chiefs now have a chance to be a dynasty and the Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. These things are facts. I don't really want to do the Mahomes legacy thing tonight. I don't want to debate whether he can catch Brady or where he stacks up against Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. I don't really want to do that tonight. I'd love to just talk about the game because it's the last football game we're going to get of the year. And there's a lot of interesting details from this game that we can talk about without doing the, is he going to be better than Brady? Talent versus accomplishment. We can do that when there's nothing else going on. We can always have those conversations. Today, I'd love to talk about this game as it's the last one of the year. And at some point tonight, the show's probably going to devolve into Rihanna and commercials. And But just at the beginning here, bear with me. I want to, I want to talk about the game. I found myself cheering for Mahomes and the Chiefs yesterday. I couldn't really put my finger on why during the game. I just, I don't know. I wanted the Chiefs to win. I'm not anti-Jalen Hurts. I'm not anti-Eagles. I'm not anti-Philadelphia. I'm really not that big of a Mahomes fan relative to any other Tom, Dick, and Harry that watches football. I just, I found myself cheering for the Chiefs. And I figured out as the day went on, and then as I drove home from Super Bowl party loaded with wings and Coors Light, as I was driving home, I was like, I think I wanted to see Patrick Mahomes win because I wanted to see the elite, highly paid quarterback beat the super team that's been built around the rookie contract, right? Because for the last 20 years, that's been the script. This has been the thing. The the great quarterback gets paid and then his team isn't as good. And then he plays a team where the team really is good because the quarterback is cheap. We've seen this for years now, and oftentimes it's been the team with the quarterback on the rookie contract with the great team that has won. It's been that team that's beaten up on my Packers for years. I think I saw my Packers in the Chiefs yesterday. The Chiefs are blessed with Mahomes. Everyone is jealous. The Packers were blessed with Rodgers. Everyone's jealous. Oh, how great it would be to have a franchise quarterback. And it is great. But as I've said before, having an elite quarterback comes with its own set of challenges. And it's a set of challenges that you can only understand And it's something that you can only be 
uh, uh, sensitive to if you've had a high-level quarterback on your team. Now, there's champagne problems, but there's still problems, right? Needing to let go of a T. Higgins, as the Bengals will have to do. Needing to trade away Devontae Adams to make the money work. Having a bad defense. Not being able to figure out special teams, right? Always having a weakness. Playing rookies at corner. Something the Packers have had to do for years. It's something that the Chiefs have been grappling with for the last two years now. And I think I've wanted to see Mahomes do it. I wanted to see him as a quarterback that actually makes a big percentage of the salary cap. And I wanted to see him, the quarterback of the team that's less talented. I wanted to see him do it. I wanted to see him break this year uh, 10, uh, year 15, year 20. It's been a long trend of rookie quarterbacks with great teams beating the great quarterbacks with the big deal. And I wanted to see Mahomes do it. Really wanted to see Mahomes do it. It's hard out here for these quarterbacks, right? Rodgers, Breeze, Peyton Manning. They don't often get much help in playoff games like this. And we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers all the time where it's like, man, the Cardinals defense is better. Their wide receivers are better. Their special teams are better. And Rodgers trying to do it all himself. Peyton Manning trying to do it all himself. Drew Brees with a roster that's been, you know, strategically formed because there's limited money because that salary cap is pinched because of the quarterback's contract. It's so hard for these quarterbacks once they get paid as great as they are. It's hard for them. And as I was just ripping into some taco dip last night, I told my buddy, I think this was towards the end of the second quarter, maybe at halftime. I told my buddy, I'm like, Mahomes really has to get a touchdown every time he gets the ball, right? Like, that's his reality in this game. That's that's his burden, is his team is not as good, his defense isn't as good, his talent isn't as good. Every time Mahomes touches the ball, he needs to score six. That's what this game is asking of him. The Eagles are so great, and they hold on to the ball, and they possess it so well. They outpossessed the, the Chiefs yesterday by over 11 minutes, 35-47 to 24-13. Unbelievable. They possess the ball. It's hard to get them off the field. If Mahomes was to overcome all of that and the Chiefs were to, to win, despite all that, Patrick Mahomes basically needed six every time he got the ball. And you know what? He got six. Like every time he touched the ball, everything that was needed from Mahomes happened from Mahomes. Everything this game asked of Mahomes, Mahomes answered. Every challenge that this game laid at the feet of Patrick Mahomes, he, he did it. He did it. Excluding two drives in the first half. One was a punt and one was the two minute where he banged up his ankle and they were kind of in a hurry up and they got a little bit out of the flow of what they wanted to do on the offense because of the time constraints. Excluding those two drives in the first half, he got six every single time. Or he drove down and gave his offense a chance to score every time. Andy Reid elected to kick the field goal early on, which I thought was a mistake. The field goal didn't go in. But Patrick Mahomes drove them down. Patrick Mahomes probably would have picked up the fourth down. I probably would have went for it. But excluding two drives in the first half, one of them was in the two-minute. Patrick Mahomes did it. 21-27, three touchdowns, no interceptions, surrendered no sacks, made no mistakes. I understand he only threw for 182 yards, which compared to Jalen Hurts is a small number. But the important part and the part that I really want to drive home, and this is my big takeaway from yesterday's game and something I keep thinking about, Mahomes masterfully controlled every part of this game he was able to control. It was beautiful. And I know a lot of people, a lot of football people say, quarterback wins aren't a thing. You can't hold a quarterback responsible for the outcome of a game. I I get it. A quarterback can't control everything. But a quarterback can control a lot. 
And we saw all of the things that a quarterback is able to control yesterday because Patrick Mahomes controlled every facet of this game, every part of this game that Patrick Mahomes was able to put his fingerprints on, he did, right? So when people say, well, quarterback wins aren't a thing, you say, well, the offensive line, the offensive line needs to be good, right? A quarterback can't block for himself. Aaron Rodgers can't block for himself. Patrick Mahomes can't block for himself. A quarterback relies on his offensive line. This is true. He does. But you know what? A quarterback can also embrace a system and execute a system that helps his offensive line. We saw a lot of 11 personnel, 13 personnel from the Chiefs yesterday. They were under center a lot. There was a lot of play action, a lot of misdirection, a lot of things designed to slow down the Eagles pass rush. Patrick Mahomes embraced all of these things, executed them all to perfection. Also, a quarterback can get the ball out quick. And Patrick Mahomes did that yesterday. Ben Solak of the Ringer tweeted out, a breakdown of all of the Chiefs' playoff games so far and the percentage of Patrick Mahomes' throws that came out in under two and a half seconds, which has been proven to kind of be this magic number. If a wide receiver can get open in two and a half seconds, if the ball can come out in two and a half seconds, that's kind of the the target time. So the percentage of the time that Patrick Mahomes' throws came out in under two and a half seconds. Against the Jags, it was 34%. That was the lowest number all season. He held the ball in that game. Against the Bengals... 40%. That was the second lowest. So, so far in the postseason, Patrick Mahomes was holding the ball more than any game all year. And then against the Bengals, it was more than any game all year, minus the previous game against the Jags. Who's holding the ball? Against the Eagles yesterday? The ball came out 56% of the time faster than two and a half seconds. That was their sixth highest number all year. Who's slinging it. Ball is coming out. So, yeah, I know Patrick Mahomes can't block for himself. I know quarterbacks are beholden to their offensive line. But a quarterback can also help those who are blocking him, make their life easier, embrace a system that slows down the pass rush, gets the ball out quickly to help protect his offensive line. Mahomes did all of those things yesterday. Mahomes didn't sit back there and take shots from Hassan Reddick, right? Didn't take shots from Fletcher Cox and then get up and bitch and moan that his offensive line can't block. No, he controlled all of the things that he could control to help out his offensive line. And the Eagles didn't sack him once. Yes, the Chiefs' offensive line played great, but Patrick Mahomes helped them out so much because a quarterback can help out his offensive line. Quarterback can also help out his defense. Now, a quarterback can't play defense. Aaron Rodgers can't go out there and and get the ball back for himself. Peyton Manning can't go bop. But a quarterback can do the most with the chances given to him by the defense. Patrick Mahomes got chances yesterday, even in a game where a defense gave up 35 points, even in a game where the Eagles possessed the ball for 35 minutes to Kansas City's 24. Patrick Mahomes got chances. Let me break down for you Patrick Mahomes' chances. Eagles punt the ball with five minutes left in the first quarter. Mahomes drives him down. Andy Reid kicks a field goal. Dumb. Butler missed the field goal. Patrick Mahomes did the most of that opportunity. Drove him down. Got him in a very makeable field goal position. Okay. Chiefs get the ball out of the half. This is an opportunity for the offense. You start the second half with the ball. Mahomes drives him down, touchdown, boom. The Eagles were held to a field goal with a minute 45 left in the third quarter. Great. We held the Eagles to we held the Eagles to three, right? Here we go. We can come back. What does Mahomes do with that? Mahomes takes him on a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. It's 28-27, boom. Chiefs defense wasn't playing well. They were forcing a lot of punts. They forced one punt. Mahomes drives down, score. Chiefs get the ball coming out of halftime. Mahomes drives down, scores. The defense forces a three and out with 10.33 left in the fourth quarter. Right, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball back, 10.33 left in the fourth. Kadarius Tony has that nice long touchdown return. What did they do? They punch it in. 
And it might seem like a given, but how many times this year did we see Keyshawn Nixon drive him right down? Had to settle for three. Didn't settle for three. Punch it in. Touchdown. The Eagles tied it at 35 with 515 left in the fourth quarter. Opportunity for Patrick Mahomes. He drives down, has a 26-yard scramble that was this, this ultimate iconic Super Bowl run. Ices the game. Mahomes made the most of the limited opportunities he was given. He influenced every part of this game that he could have influenced. He helped the units on his team that needed help. And he executed the game plan that gave his team the best chance to win. That's what a highly paid quarterback has to do in a playoff game. That's what's demanded of a quarterback that makes a large percentage of the salary cap. And we've seen so many quarterbacks fail to be able to do that. Rodgers has failed to do that. Manning, Breeze, Russell Wilson later in his career once he was paid. It's hard because that quarterback making a big chunk of the salary cap needs to be perfect. Needs to help out the defense, help out the offensive line. Anytime that the defense gets a stop, you've got to capitalize. It's really hard. It's almost impossible. And Patrick Mahomes did it as well yesterday as I've ever seen anyone do it. And Aaron Rodgers over the years, this isn't anti-Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has had legit excuses. Defense has been bad. Special teams have been bad. Lack of wide receivers. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have great wide receivers right now. They missed a field goal yesterday. The defense gave up 35 points. Patrick Mahomes was still good enough. Breeze had legit excuses. That missed pass interference in 2018. The Chiefs maybe had a scoop and score taken off the board yesterday. Right? Peyton Manning had a lot of bad defenses over the years, over and over. Legit excuses. Mahomes would have had legit excuses last night, too. Defense couldn't get a stop. They missed a kick. They lost Tyreek Hill in the offseason. Mahomes overcame all that. And over the last 20 years, like I said, we've seen time and time again that it's really hard for a highly paid quarterback to do it. They're graded on a different curve. Patrick Mahomes was graded on that curve last night, passed with flying colors. It was really fun to watch. It was masterful. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bill. Super Bowl Monday. We're reacting to the last game of the NFL season. I'd like to talk about the game as much as we can. Because we're not getting another one of these games for a long time. And we can do the Patrick Mahomes goat conversation. We can do the Aaron Rodgers drama conversation. I'm just saying that's always going to be there. We're going to be talking Aaron Rodgers drama in three weeks. Except the difference in three weeks is we won't have an awesome Super Bowl to talk about. So if you want to call in, you got a Rodgers take. Hey, I'm never going to silence anyone. You know, if you call in, I'm I'm there with you. I'll ride with you no matter what you want to talk about. But I, I, I do kind of want to I, I want to shepherd the flock a little bit. Let's talk about Mahomes. Let's talk about Hurts. The game was so good yesterday. I'll even go there on the halftime show. I'll, I'll do that thing where we debate whether or not the halftime show is good. I'll, I'll do it. I just give me a break from Rodgers for two, for two hours tonight. Please. That's all I ask. I got a text here. It says, Grant, who really cares? It's baseball season. Pitchers and catchers reported today. You bet. Hey, we have a big announcement this week uh, for something that's in the works for baseball season for the Wisco Sports Show. It's been in the works for months. I've been scheming, 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 scheming. So we're going to announce that this week at some point. I don't know how. I haven't announced it yet because I, I want to think of a funny way to announce it, but I'm, I'm not there. I'm in, in the idea phase. So we'll come back to that. 
Uh, driving home on wings and Coors Light. Maybe you should have had Dave from Monona be the designated driver. Okay, when I said I was loaded on wings and Coors Light, emphasis on the wings and the taco dip. I had one Coors Light over like four hours. I very much nursed it. It was a Sunday night. I did it for the vibes, not because I wanted to get drunk. I felt like football game watch with friends. I'd have one beer. I was very much not drunk. Let the record show. Rockin' Rick says Reed gets Patrick's receivers open. Yeah, Andy Reed had an awesome day yesterday. I love watching Andy Reed cook up a great game plan because offense in the NFL today, it's a young man's game. And you know Andy Reed deep down, he resents it. All these pretty boy, young offensive coordinators getting head coaching jobs. Andy Reed cooked up an awesome game plan. And Eric Bieniemy, who he instantly shouted out in the post game yesterday, which I thought was pretty cool. He's like, yo, Eric Bieniemy is a huge part of this. Give him he wasn't even asked about Eric Bieniemy and he shouted him out. I thought that spoke volumes and that was pretty cool. A lot of eleven personnel, three personnel. Right, so personnel, by the way, if you say 11 personnel, that means one running back, one tight end. 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends. And then the amount of receivers on the field is that total subtracted from five. So if we have 11 personnel, that means one running back, one tight end. Now we need to get to five. That means three wide receivers. Or 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends. One plus three is four. Five minus four is one wide receiver. So a lot of bigger, heftier sets of personnel. They are under center a good amount. A lot of play action, a lot of misdirection, not just motion. It doesn't just boil down to motion because football is more complicated. A lot of Packers fans, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like motion. I wish we would do motion. It's not just motion. They're very intentional about heavy personnel and forcing the Eagles to make a choice. And we talked about this on Friday. Either the Eagles were going to have to put bigger bodies on the field to stop the run and be exposed to the pass, or they're going to have to put smaller defensive backs, run a lot of nickel, and then Isaiah Pacheco and the Chiefs were able to run. And it was a lot of nickel. It was a lot of smaller bodies from the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator. And Mahomes didn't hesitate to hand it off. He executed the game plan. Again, it's not just about Andy Reid cooking up a good game plan. It's about Patrick Mahomes working in concert with Reid and Biennemi and enthusiastically running the system, running the game. And they executed it so well, right? They pounded the ball down Philly's throat. Patrick Mahomes was great, but he only threw for a buck 80. Right, It was his willingness to play within that system, to play within the game plan that worked really well. And the Eagles never really adjusted. They never really sized up defensively. They never brought anybody down into the box. And Kansas City just continued to run their stuff all night long. It was really cool. Tim and Sparta, I've made Tim wait too long. 608-796-2558. What's up, Tim? Oh, Grant, what a game. Oh, Tim, what a game. You're right about that. I mean, I've seen them all. And outside of Green Bay winning... I want to say this is probably one of the better ones um, that I've ever seen. Yeah. I would put it, taking Green Bay's wins out, I'd say this is definitely top five. Uh, offenses were good. The defenses, um, I look at our <laughs> VC, yeah. and I look at Spags, I look at Spags and I say, how much money could we spend to get him away uh. and shoot and, and just show Matt LaFleur what a real defensive coordinator is. Yeah. Somebody that understands that on fourth down, you don't play your corners eight yards off the line when they need two to get a first down on fourth down. Uh, and he did that. So we'll just leave that aside. Yeah. Um, but it was a tremendous game. Um, the two things that I took away from it, um, was that 
Patrick Mahomes right now reminds me of Rodgers from 2010 to 2015. Sure, yeah. That Rodgers that followed the game plan, that threw the ball unerringly to the right spot, um, didn't lock on just one receiver, uh, stayed under center, did all the things that was needed to win. Yeah. But outside of outside of the one Super Bowl, never had a defense to match that one again. Um, and the second thing is they have to do something about this pushing the quarterback from behind. Okay, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought this up, Tim, because the Eagles did it really well, right? And that was how they keep drives alive and they possess the ball. Do you do you like it? Do you think it's cool? Do, what, what do you think about it? I'm assuming you were going to say that next. I just I wanted to jump in. What, what do you think about this? It's abs- I despise it. I do too. I despise it with every fiber of my being because what you're allowing is a reverse, uh, is kind of like a flying wedge, which was outlawed back in the 30s because people were being killed on the field. Yeah. You know, um, when you have, the perfect example of this was last night. You had Jones from um, Kansas City yeah, literally leap over Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Mac um, hurts right in the face. Stop it. With 300, with, you know, 6'6", 325 pounds, and he's the guy that got smashed backwards because he had uh, a lineman and a tight end pushing his sorry butt from behind. Yeah. I mean, the only way that Chris Jones was going to stop him or anybody was going to stop him was if one of or two of uh, Chris Jones's uh, teammates grabbed a hold of his legs and pushed. Yeah. I mean, that was the only way you, you were stopping that. I understand why they did it originally, why they changed the rule in 2005. Um, and for years, it didn't make any difference. But now you've got quarterbacks like Josh Allen, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, Hurts. you got these guys that are 6'4 to 6'6", 240 to 260 pounds. Built. Yeah, they are not the small quarterbacks. Uh, can you imagine Tom Brady uh, being pushed from behind by two guys? Yeah, I mean you'd snap his you'd snap his neck. They'd get crushed. Now, yeah. you know, so you have to do something to stop that. Otherwise, in the modern game, what you're going to have is fourth down is not going to mean anything anymore. That's... As it was proved yesterday, did, did he actually? On less than three yards, did Philadelphia was Philadelphia ever stop quarterback sneak? Yeah, that's my problem with it, Tim. And I appreciate your call. I'm going to let you go. Awesome points. Yep. I'm glad to hear from you today. You have a great night. You you as well. That's Tim and Sparta. I'm glad you went there because that's why I hate it. It's a matter of personal taste. So if you disagree, and, and I what I've kind of been calling it is the two cheek sneak, right? Because you're getting pushed by two guys from behind. I give Nick Sirianni and the Eagles all the credit in the world for creating that wrinkle in their offense, game planning around it, knowing they can always go there. That helps them on second and third down. That helps them script. I, I give them all the credit in the world. I want the NFL to go away from this because it's because it's boring. This is such a millennial take. I hate it because anytime the Eagles would get in fourth and one or shorter, the drama was removed from the game. We knew what was going to happen. They were going to fall forward for a yard because there's no 
physical way for the Chiefs to stop it. And I say physical intentionally, like like physics, talking about physics. That It's just manpower and angles, and it's, you can't stop it. And I hated it because it took drama out of the game for those three or four plays yesterday, and it got boring. I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's wait for it to get to back, back to first down, and then we can go back to watching real football. It's a complete matter of taste, and if you like it and think it's cool, you're not wrong. I, this is I'm just giving you my opinion. I think it slows down the game. It makes for really boring plays that, like I, that's I can go to the I can go to the kitchen and get some taco dip because my buddy's got a really nice sectional couch. And we don't eat on the couch, which I respect. But this is why I don't spend a lot of money on furniture. One, because I'm poor and I live by myself. But two, I I like to be able to eat my furniture. So that's when I would go to the kitchen to grab a bite. It's like, oh, they're gonna do this two cheek sneak. Well, I don't need to watch this. I might as well go to the kitchen. It took a little drama out of the game. I didn't like it. But that's my. It's a personal matter of taste. You don't have to agree. Let's talk to FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Fred? Well, I guess if you don't like it, then your defense can make it so they can't do it. What's how do you how do you stop it? You know, like what's the adjustment? I, I don't see I, I don't I don't know. Um, maybe on third down you don't get it. You don't let them get that two yards. That's to make true. It fourth and one or yeah. fourth and two. Don't let them get to fourth and one. I get it. Yeah. But also, uh, I got to say, last night's game, I had zero interest in it going into it. Okay. Because I have no rooting interest for either of those two teams. And I left going, this might be in my top five of Super Bowls I've ever watched. It was good. It was really good. It was a good football game. The halftime show was good. Mm. And the second half adjustments that Kansas City made were unbelievable. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes had one incomplete pass in the second half. No sacks. And that's because he's been, no sacks. That whole entire game, no sacks. A and historically, Fred, defense. a historically great pass rush. There, there are very few teams that have gotten, I think it might just be one or two teams that had more sacks than the Eagles had this year. Was it barely even touched him all game? No. Like, if he went to Rand, I don't know if he would have had grass stains on his jersey after that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also... Why didn't the Eagles prepare for for Kelsey? You knew, you have to know that this guy, even if he's not getting the ball, he what was he? Eight receptions for 88, 81 yards or 88 yards and one touchdown? Well, I'll tell you. I'll like, pull it up. That sounds right, though. Let's go with that. Yeah, you're a pertinent right even, there. 80 yards, six catches, and a touchdown. Well done, friend. Even if he... So you held him to eight, eight receptions. Like the guy still had an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Those that first touchdown where uh, was it Tooney that did the uh, cutback and then cut over on the goal line? Uh, it was either the, Tony the, and then Sky Moore had the the second one. I don't remember yeah. the order, but it was Tony and and Moore. And you heard Greg Olson, which timeout means don't mean to get it off track. That guy killed it last night. He was very good. I agree. That that broadcast was phenomenal, but. You have to realize Kelsey's going to be an impact on every play. So why don't you just have a spy on him or just say, Kelsey, we're going man-to-man, and let's go from there. Wherever he goes, this is where this guy goes. Yeah, and I I listened to a show last week. I think it was the Ringer NFL show, which I really like listening to on Fridays. Our friend Danny Heifetz is on there, who I'm, I don't know, next week or the week after going to reach out to see if he'll come on. I might wait for some Rodgers news before we get him. But they, they were talking about, you know, why don't you just double Kelsey? Well, what teams do is they bracket him, right? And they'll put a guy a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. And if Kelsey runs right at a double team and then cuts hard to the right, 
it's like he's not even doubled because the guy on the left, he, there's nothing he can do. He's a really hard player to double because he moves around and he can run all of the routes. So you never know where he's going. And what happens is a lot of times he'll cut out of the double and one of those defenders just ends up being worthless and standing by himself. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good game. I can't be disappointed with it. Um, I think the Eagles might... I think the Eagles' lack of competition that they played this year might have played a little factor into it. Because in all honesty, I don't think they had the hardest schedule. And uh, the teams that they played, they easily handled, except for Washington. And then I forgot who else they lost to. Yeah. But other than that, I, I thought oh. I thought it was good. It was good, Fred, and I'm, and I'm glad that you brought up the Eagles and the quarterbacks they face this year because we can talk about that next. I'm going to let you go. You have an excellent night, Fred. Very good call. You as well. FedEx Fred, a super call the day after Super Bowl Sunday, 608-796-2558. Five-minute break. Let's come back and talk about the Eagles' half of this game because, I, yes, their schedule is not great this year. The quarterbacks they faced this year weren't great. They were three points away from winning the Super Bowl. They very easily could have won the Super Bowl. However, I think maybe the lack of of good quarterbacks on their schedule maybe impacted one part of this game, and it might have been the part of the game that, that made the difference. So we can discuss that next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills and i hope you had a great weekend great super bowl experience yesterday beautiful outside i did a little fishing on saturday i didn't catch a dang thing but i had a great time and it was a great day outside that's what really matters right before that last break we were talking about the super bowl with fedex fred who's really made a resurgence on this show the last couple of weeks he was a regular then he tailed off a little bit and he is back okay and he brought up the eagles and their schedule this year and how they didn't play a great schedule and how they didn't play a lot of great quarterbacks. Now, one thing I'll say about the Eagles schedule is they got the benefit of a schedule that wasn't a first place schedule because they didn't win their division last year. The Cowboys did. And that's such an advantage. And it's an advantage that the Packers are going to see next year because they didn't win their division. They get to play a little bit of a lesser schedule. So for these teams that ebb and flow a little bit more, the Niners are one of these teams too. They're not trying to be great every year, a little bit of an up and down. Right, the schedule is part of that advantage. So that's a natural advantage for the Eagles. I'm not going to fault their schedule. Now, part of their schedule that's very interesting to me is the quarterbacks that they faced. Right? Not a lot of great quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, injured Brock Purdy, Andy Dalton. Uh, I mean, they played the Bears. I'm just looking back through their schedule. They beat the Titans. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill was starting at the time or if they were doing the Malik Willis, Josh Dobbs thing. They beat Aaron Rodgers when he got hurt in that game, although they were going to win that game either way. They beat the Colts. They lost to Taylor Heineke, right? They played a lot of quarterbacks that aren't great. And it doesn't take away anything from the Eagles' accomplishments and what they did this year. They very easily could have won the Super Bowl yesterday. But I do wonder if not facing great quarterbacks uh, had them less prepared to face a great quarterback. And I heard Nick Wright last Friday talk about this on First Things First. I think he asked... Patrick Peterson about this when he joined the show. He's like, hey, when you go weeks and weeks and weeks without playing a great quarterback, is it more difficult than when all of a sudden you're playing Patrick Mahomes? 
right? And maybe that was a little bit of an issue for Jonathan Gannon yesterday, the Eagles defensive coordinator, who's not the most popular man in, in Philadelphia right now. I think that the Eagles game planned for the title Chiefs, for the 2019 Chiefs, right? They played a lot of nickel, a lot of defensive backs, and they sat back, right? And they kept a roof on the defense. No doubles, no home runs. We want to keep everything in front of us. And that's great. A lot of teams play that defense. You could be worse, right? I said that about Joe Barry this year. It's like, look, if you're going to play too high and, and keep a lid on the offense and, and don't allow deep shots, you could do a lot worse schematically on defense because that's what a lot of teams do. It's, it's just kind of the, the, the generic idea that a lot of defensive coordinators are using right now. But as the game went on, the Chiefs were just hammering them in the running game. Isaiah Pacheco was just eating, and they were moving the sticks and getting these chunk runs, and the Eagles never changed it up. And, and I don't know if that's because Jonathan Gannon wanted to stick with his game plan. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But they came into this game with a very milk toast game plan, a very generic game plan that's designed to stop a good quarterback. And maybe the game plan suffered and maybe the defensive experience yesterday for the Eagles suffered because it was the first time in so long that they had faced an elite quarterback. Again, that doesn't mean the Eagles are frauds. They're an unbelievable team. They almost won the Super Bowl. But I do wonder if, if their lack of experience against elite playmaking quarterbacks cost them in the way they went about their business on defense yesterday. Rock and Rick, 608-796-2558. What's up, Rock and Rick? Um, this might be a little bit boring. I don't have any great big takes on the game itself, but you made me think of something, and I know you have a photographic memory when it comes to the Packers. Oh. It was one of our last three games Mason made a 56-yarder. Was it against the Vikings, possibly? That sounds right. Barely snuck it over the crossbar. Yeah. Okay. He he sends out the kicking team. As Aaron's coming up, they, they focused right in on Matt. Mm-hmm. And you could see plain as day, Matt looked like he was going to poop his pants. And he looked at Aaron. He goes, what? Do you, would you rather punt? You want to punt? You want to kick? Yeah, I, I remember that. Yep. Yep. He had no confidence. Okay. You said that you think the Chiefs should have gone for it. I can guarantee you Andy Reid didn't look at uh, um, Patrick and say, what, would you rather punt? They respect their coach's decision, and they play as a team, and they believe in their coach. I don't think we have that with our Packers. Interesting. Um, Interesting. I heard some interviews today, and these boys were talking about how they wanted to win it for Reid and stuff like this, and then – I didn't hear Patrick say that, but Patrick was given a lot of credit to his both his lines, offensive and defense. Mm-hmm. Sounded like obviously, you know, you got a younger quarterback and you know someone that hasn't been on the top, you know, like Aaron has. It's probably going to be easier to coach those guys. That's a true story. But I just think that when you got a coach that's definitely afraid of this quarterback, I think it's going to cause problems. Yeah, and, and I, then I, one I, other tiny, tiny little take yep. as far as that uh, quarterback sneak pushing him. I don't know how you'd ever stop because I honestly don't think he could ever. He can't hardly get to the ground. He's on top of his offensive lineman when they're pushing him. So yeah. he, he's he's never down as a push. But anyway, that's basically the only takes I got. That you thought the Chiefs should have kicked it. That just made me remember how Matt looked like he was. <clears throat> scared of Aaron when he sent in the kicking team. And I think it was against the Vikings, but I'm not sure. I think it, I think it was, too. And it's a visual that I think we all remember where LaFleur's like, you want to punt here? What, what do you want to do? And he's he's very much involving Rodgers in that 
in that situation. I'm, well, I'm, he looks, yeah. Yeah, he looks scared of them. And I don't know, if, if you're not respecting your coach's decisions, then maybe you shouldn't be the coach, I guess. I don't know. Where. Interesting. Take. Anyway, like I said, my, my take was going to be a little bit boring because I didn't have a lot of takes on game. It was fun to watch. I it thought was. it was. Well, I, I love what? watching it when I don't have any skin in the game and I don't get ticked off at stuff. It's exactly, Rick. When our team's watching. not in the game, we're, we're not expected to – we're not on the clock here. Our Packers aren't playing. We, we can just watch and enjoy. Don't, don't feel bad about that. These were great takes. We can talk about this for sure. <laughs> All right. Have a good well, one. Well, thank you for taking my call, Grant. Of course. Have a good night, Rock and Rick. That's our friend. Rock and Rick. The, the hesitancy thing with Matt LaFleur is real, and I don't remember. Oh, when was it? There was an instance where they got down around the goal line, and it was like fourth and goal from the one or two. I don't remember when this was. This could have been at any point the last couple of years. And I remember coming on the show the next day, and I – I just remember being ticked because I was like, if you're going to go for it, just go. Just go for it. Don't call a timeout. Don't discuss it. Quick. If, you, if you think to go for it is the right decision, then go. Because if the decision is made with confidence, the players feel that. Everyone feels that. If you think it's the right decision to go for it, go for it. And if not, then send the field goal kicker out there and be done with it. Just be decisive and be aggressive because I think the players can feel that. And I think Rock and Rick, you, you were kind of hinting at that as well. Dave from Monona is here, 608-796-2558. It's the Wizard. What's up, Dave? Hi, uh, rapid fire. My mom said the commercials, she rates them an F. There's only mm-hmm. one good one, and that was one with the animals. And then I cut her off and said, I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting in a room where you're watching commercials. Uh, so I, so I, even, I even kicked my mom out of the room. That, 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 that's how much commercials are for, for losers. You kicked her. So the you just could have left. Why didn't you leave? If you didn't want watch commercials, you could have been the one to leave. No, my mom came to my apartment. I kicked her ass back upstairs. Oh, yeah. You want to watch commercials? King of your own castle. You wanna, yep, that's correct. Yeah, you want to watch commercials? Uh, number two to the guy who says uh, KC's uh, defensive coach. Hey, Tim in Sparta. He gave up over 300 yards, four touchdowns, almost 100 yards on the ground. Don't think we want that guy uh, as a defensive coordinator in Green Bay. As far as the quarterback sneak, hell yeah. I mean, just think if we had a, we had a manager, a coach in Green Bay with that kind of engineer ingenuity yeah. who could think of something like that but can you imagine rogers that little fairy trying to get pushed no well, well, think, here's here's what drives me nuts dave is the packers were terrible on third and fourth and short this year right anytime third and one exactly and one, you, you just hated it and they have mercedes lewis aj dillon josiah deguara all these players that you could move around and, and use as big bodies even if it's not aaron Rodgers that's yep. running the sneak Maybe it's A.J. Dillon. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. Matt LaFleur. The Wildcat. Yeah. You yeah. run wild. We're on wild dealing with the Wildcat. But, uh, but now the main reason, these people who are glorifying Mahomes as a GOAT, he wouldn't make the top ten. He, he's a fraud. And so is Jalen Hurts. They're all frauds. These, these guys in the 70s and 80s would have been Bad. knocked out. Hey, back then, you could hit the quarterback. You could lay them out. Did they, did they bring guns out on the field with them, too, in the 80s? God, it sounds like Ah, uh, come on. Go back and watch the games in the 70s, 80s. They drilled the quarterback play after play. They drilled the wide receivers. Now, you can't touch the receivers, and you can't touch the quarterback. Come on. Anybody with talent can stand back there and do what Mahomes did. Mahomes wouldn't be able to do that against Pittsburgh or in the a, 80s. Such a he would have got knocked out because uh, the, little, the little prima donna. Edge, have you seen edge rushers these days? Have you seen Miles Garrett or, or Daniil Hunter? They're six eight and they're built like a truck. That, uh, defensive ends nowadays. But they can't are, touch them. Yeah, they, they can't even breathe yeah, on they them. They can. You can't, no, 
you get a penalty. You, I mean, back back in the good old days, the seventies and eighties, you beat that quarterback to Montana and those guys, and uh, Bradshaw and them. They got knocked out. They got crushed play after play. The receivers don't touch them with a five yard radius. Can you imagine the guys from the Raiders defense? You know, don't, don't, don't touch me. You know, Pittsburgh defense, don't touch me. Now these players last ten years are pansy asses. And you guys get a glorifying Mahomes. He wouldn't even be in my top ten. He's like, sure, he's making fifty million dollars a year because, hey, by the way, he had an ankle problem. Do you think guys like Mean Joe Green and guys back in the seventies, eighties wouldn't have taken his other ankle out? Of course they would have. But that's your generation, soft and you know, don't touch me. Yeah, don't and then your generation me. would have been stuck watching the backup, and no one would have been happy about it. Hey, they sure stayed healthy back then, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many Super Bowls in Montana? Bradshaw, Bart Starr, people in the eighties. How many did they win? Because they were used to playing tough. They were men. Yeah, it's because the defensive ends that were tackling them were the size of me. I'm not very big, Dave. I have to take a break. I don't like to cut you off, Dave. I I have to because i got to get this break. And we'll be back in three minutes and react to whatever that take was. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We got to take a break here in two minutes. We'll reset the show after five o'clock. Mike Clemens at five thirty. He's still in Arizona. We'll connect with him and hear about his experience. He was at the game yesterday. I like Dave from Monona. I know not all of you do. I enjoy his takes and his wit. His sometimes off-color remarks. I know Dave. Dave's a good guy. I, I don't appreciate how far he pushes the envelope sometimes, but hey, that's how you get great radio. As Ebo says in the morning, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. I actually think that's from a Nickelback song, but Nickelback isn't that bad. So, again, endorsement for Ebo and his use of a quote there. The one thing I don't really like about Dave is his old-headedness on LeBron and about quarterbacks. Well, back in the day, you just, you know, LeBron never would have played back then because someone just would have broke his jaw. Like, what do you want me to say to that, Dave? That's dumb. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't be in the top 10 if you played in the 80s. I feel like you probably would have been. <laughs> I feel like you probably would have been. Dave, I love you. Lose the old head shtick with some of the takes. Hour two, Wisco Sports Show next. Here we go. As all day now, some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. The reviews are coming in hot and heavy for David Minota's call there. Cone Roller says F minus on Dave's call. Look, I love Dave. You guys know this. Otherwise, I wouldn't put him on because I get enough complaints about Dave. It would be easier for me from a PR perspective to just not have him call in. But I love his calls. I love his takes, his personality, his interactions with other callers. Dave is a staple of the show. He's a staple of the the zone community in Madison where he lives. Right? He's always at the golf outing. I, I love Dave. Dave took me. Dave gave me tickets to a Brewers game one time. Allowed me and my girlfriend to go to a Brewers game. And I appreciate it. I love Dave. 
His old head takes suck. Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be any good in the 80s. That's that's tough. LeBron James wouldn't be any good in the 90s. Wouldn't be a top 10 player. Tough. I'd rather have you call in and bitch about cancel culture, Dave. I would. That's not ideal, but at least that's funny. The, these takes, the, the old man takes on some of these athletes, it's just, what do you want me to do with this, Dave? You, you're, you're going nuts on me. Come on. <laughs> We're reacting to the Super Bowl. I, I don't want to talk about cancel culture. I'm saying I would rather have that than some of Dave's takes. The Rock in a hard place. I, I'll, I'll take The Rock. I'll take cancel culture. Acting to the Chiefs. They won 38-30. You can kind of reset the show. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is the takeaway. That's not to take away anything from the Eagles or Jalen Hurts. Their defense is a little bit interesting. It's it's funny how in recent years, top defenses have melted down in the playoffs. Like you can have the best unit in the league. You can have a top five defense and. Some of these playoff games, top defenses have faltered, and that happened to the Eagles yesterday. Not a single sack. Barely touched Mahomes at all. That's because he was blocked well. It was schemed well and executed well, not because of the rules. The rules could have been anything goes. Cage match rules yesterday, and I don't think the game would have gone any differently because they couldn't get to Mahomes before the ball would come out, and they couldn't stop the run. That pass rush was almost completely negated by Andy Reid's game plan and Patrick Mahomes' executions. We can continue to talk about that. Mike Clemens is coming up at 530. First, let's go to the phone. 608-796-2558. Richie is in Eau Claire. What's going on, Richie? Hey, uh, uh, Fishers and Catchers report in three days. Don't we love that? It's a huge week, Richie. (laughs) It's great. I know that's why you called. I 100% knew. I was like, he's going to bring up Pitchers and Catchers. (laughs) Well, I I, I mean, I really was calling about the football game, but I figured I had to throw that in there. Because you you should. It's a huge story. Massive story. But, uh, yeah, and then I also wanted to just check in on uh, Rock and Rick there. Did somebody get to get in, like, a cough drop or something? He was struggling. Yeah, he, it was something in his throat. I bet he was outside. Hopefully it's allergies. Hopefully it's something serious because I know Rock and Rick is uh, an avid outdoorsman. He's always outside patrolling his land, enjoying the great outdoors. So I'm assuming maybe just maybe just some pollen, you know, winter allergies this weekend, maybe getting to him a little bit. And and then, you know, uh, our, our – uh, airway troll that is David Minona. Like, that was probably one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Uh, I mean, he, I mean, and the funny thing is, I kind of caught him in, in one of his own little slip-ups there because he starts talking about how, oh, oh well, if, if they could stand back there, anybody with talent could do what he does. Yeah. So in, in that statement, he said that Patrick Mahomes has talent. So, you know, anyways, <laughs> enough of that. Uh, I, I, I really wanted to call about your, your take on Jalen Hurts and the, the QB sneak. Yeah. So... I want to say that if this became like a thing, if this rule doesn't get changed and every team started doing it, I would agree with you. I would get really bored with it. But last night, I was really interested in seeing what the Chiefs were going to do. Okay, well, we know they're doing this again. What are we going to do this time? So, the you know, it ended up being offsides, but you saw that, like, those defensive linemen, like, their face masks were on the ground to get lower leverage. And, and then a little bit later, they tried to go the opposite way. Chris Jones jumps over the line has him wrapped up, but because then he's up in the air and has no way to push back, the linemen just carry him for another yard. Yeah. But it just was really it was really interesting to me to see the different way that the Chiefs were going to try to answer to that. I want to know if teams are going to continue to do this on fourth and one and, and kind of get this, this push over the line. I, I like to call it the two-cheek sneak because you're getting pushed by two guys right in the back. What's the adjustment? Like, is there a – I don't know if it's physically possible. It's a math problem, right? The offensive line has more bodies. They have the low ground. I, I don't know how the defense counters this. 
I don't know what the answer is. I, you know, I don't know either. And I guess that's kind of my point, too. Like, that was what I was really curious to see, especially, like, in a game-time decision, what they were going to do next to try to, to try to deter that from happening. And, you know, they, they tried – I think they tried something different. I mean, how many times did they run that play? At least four. Yeah. And they tried something different every time. And there was only once where they had him stopped and then another, you know, like you said, the, the two-cheek sneak, another, another last-second push pushed him over the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, and, but, you know, like the, the, and then the flip side to that is if they do finally figure out some way to at least slow it down, then you're going to start seeing that, oh, okay, here I am under center. I'm about to sneak the ball. And then Miles Sanders kind of takes two steps to the left, a quick pitch out to him. He's around the edge because they're all worried so much about the middle that he's going to break a big play out on the outside. So, you know, I, 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 it's just that back and forth. Like, I agree with you. Like, how are they going to stop it? And then, that, and then if they do stop it, What's the adjustment by a team like the Eagles to then make another big play? A sweep play to Alan Lazard. How about that for an adjustment? That seems like a good idea on fourth and short. Uh, we're not talking about what the Packers would do. We were talking right. what, about teams that actually know how to use those types of players. Well, well no, I, I posted this video on Twitter. I don't know. This had to be close to a month ago. And I was talking about how the Eagles, you know, do this thing where they get the two-cheek sneak. And, and I said, at some point, the Packers are going to start doing this but it's going to take a while and Matt LaFleur won't call it until the NFL starts enforcing the rule and they're going to get penalized for it in a huge spot. And it's going to be like, okay, day late and a dollar short, Matt. That's how I see this going with the Packers. Or, or they do the, uh, the thing where, you know, since I don't remember who it was earlier commented how they didn't think that Rogers would want to do the two cheek sneak. So then they'll do the, the thing where DeGuara comes in motion, stops under center, takes the ball and he goes, what did what was Josiah Deguara for if not for stuff like that? Same with Mercedes Lewis. Right. Like you got all these bodies that'd be great for it. Right. What are we gonna do, Richie? Well, I know what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about baseball. And I'm excited to do that with yeah. you before too long. I appreciate the call. Thank you for keeping us abreast of pitchers and catchers report. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> you bet. I that's what I'm here for. I love it. That is uh that's our friend Richie in Eau Claire. One of our baseball callers. It's his time of year. He's just getting the arm warmed up. Yeah, I don't know what comes next with the two-cheek sneak. If the NFL makes it a point of emphasis next year, we're not going to allow it anymore. It doesn't matter what happens next year for the purposes of the Eagles. It was a brilliant wrinkle that they found this year, and they squeezed all of the juice out of it that they possibly could. They almost won a Super Bowl, maybe should have won a Super Bowl if Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble that ball or just one or two things go differently. You don't know. I don't know where the NFL goes with it next. It's a very... It's a very interesting thing to talk about. The story of this game is not the refs. It's not the two-cheek sneak. It's not the halftime show. It's Patrick Mahomes. And I know that you turn on every TV show on ESPN, on FS1, and it's Mahomes this. Look at this throw that he made. Oh, my God, he can throw sidearm off all these different platforms. Mahomes magic, all, all that. I know. We talk about him a ton. But what he did yesterday, we haven't seen a quarterback do that in... When was the last time we saw a quarterback do what Patrick Mahomes did yesterday in that the quarterback is making a large percentage of the cap, has a lesser roster around him relative to the opposing team, and that quarterback came out on top. We've we've been watching the NFL now for 10 or 15 years, and, we, and we've slowly figured out the way to win, the way to build the best team possible is to have a quarterback on a rookie deal, right? And we've seen those teams, the, the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks, come up against Aaron Rodgers Packers. Seattle wins. We've seen the Colin Kaepernick 49ers come up against Aaron Rodgers Packers, right? Drew Brees and the Saints 
Drew Brees is making a lot of money. They go up against a team with a cheaper quarterback and a better roster. The Saints often lost. Peyton Manning, much of the same. Peyton Manning's making a bunch of money. His roster isn't quite as good. Defense isn't as good. Goes up against a team with a cheaper quarterback or a quarterback that takes less money like Tom Brady. Roster's better, and the better roster wins. So when I was watching the game yesterday, I think I saw a little bit of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in the Chiefs. And that Mahomes is making money, and they're trying to patch the car together the best they can. Right, we're going to trade Tyree Kill, and we're going to strategically do this and that. And we got we got to start some rookies at corner. That's a little bit of a risk, and it's so much harder to win a Super Bowl like that than it is to win a Super Bowl like the Eagles were trying to do, where you have a cheaper quarterback who's also great, which is tough to find. But then building the roster becomes so much easier. And you saw Patrick Mahomes yesterday. Patrick Mahomes was graded on a curve. Every time your defense gets a stop, you got to score six. Every time you got to score six. Every time he got the ball, he had to score a touchdown, and he did. He helped out his offensive line by getting the ball out quickly, right? He helped it. He, he got very involved in the game plan of running the ball. Like Patrick Mahomes did the thing yesterday that we've seen so many quarterbacks not be able to do, and I was hoping we would hear from Vagabond John today, and he he's called in. Vagabond John, you've been banging the salary cap drum for... However long you've been calling this show, and I thought of you yesterday because I thought finally a highly paid quarterback that takes up a fat percentage of the cap finally gets it done. What's going on, Vagabond John? Yeah, I mean, what we proved is how quickly the world's going to forget about Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, he was the world's greatest whatever for five years, and now it's like, holy cow, these new guys are just so much better, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes... With Travis Kelsey, let's be honest. Travis Kelsey is the only star, yep. right? I don't even think I don't even think that they have a, a David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins type line, right? I think their line's good enough. I, I wouldn't call it elite. I right? think it's. I, think I don't it's think good, they have Aaron Jones good across the board. You know, I don't. I don't know that they have they elite great offensive linemen, but they're just very solid across the board as a unit. They certainly don't have Aaron Jones, and they certainly didn't have Devontae Adams out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you had. Patrick Mahomes throwing crucial third down passes to his third string tight end that no one's ever heard of in the Super Bowl, right? That's a guy who knows how to win games. And so you're right. When quarterbacks are actually good enough at winning games, they can make all the difference. And even though his big money truly doesn't hit till next year, because they did that restructure again this year. I mean, he's what 30 million against the cap this year, goes up to 50 next year. We'll see if they can run it back again, right? So I don't know if that argument's fully off the table to the point that you were making right before you picked up. But yeah, um, because they did restructure it again, um, I think to move more money to Kelsey or something like that. This but it's year. but it's it's hard, so it's, right? A, a quarterback that makes money and the roster has felt that money as the Chiefs have felt it now for a year or two, and they traded away Hill. It, that quarterback's graded on a tougher curve. Like you don't have room to make mistakes in a playoff game. You need to be perfect. You need to always drive down. And get points because your roster isn't as going to be as good as the team you're facing. And I don't know. Mahomes was it's, just in such control yesterday. It's the fine, fine balance of you can't afford to make mistakes, but you sure as hell can't be afraid to make mistakes. And yeah. I think that's the balance that I see when watching Patrick Mahomes, right? He didn't light it up yesterday. He finished with under 200 yards passing, mm-hmm. but he had three touchdowns, zero picks, zero fumbles. And he managed the game incredibly well. So, you know, I was, of course, getting my Aaron Rodgers takes ready because we just saw basically Patrick Mahomes do what Aaron Rodgers could not over the last decade because the Chiefs defense this year 
allowed just two fewer points than the Packers' defense this year. So all you, oh, the Packers need a top 10 deep. Yeah, with a very expensive quarterback who isn't good enough to win games by himself, yes, you need a great defense. But I think, uh, you know, for the Aaron Rodgers is God crowd, I don't know. We saw Patrick Mahomes do it, and then, you know. The Eagles have a great defense. Right. The Eagles defense gave up 35 points yesterday, 38 points yesterday. Even with a great defense, and even if Aaron Rodgers gets that elite defense, he's still every once in a while going to have to put up a lot of points, right? If you have a great defense, and even a defensive coordinator that, that we like, and I know we kind of differ on Joe Barry a little bit, there's going to be a game in a two or three or four game run in the playoffs where the defense is a little leaky, and you need to do a little bit more with a little less. Mahomes did that yesterday. That's, I think, something that Rodgers yeah. has been able to do. Like the Buccaneers game, right? Buccaneers is a great a great example. The, the defense made some dumb mistakes, right? The Kevin King touchdown, and then Aaron Jones fumbled on the five. That's bad. But then in the second half, when the defense forced three straight incompletions and, and interceptions, excuse me, Rodgers didn't do anything with him. You look at Mahomes in the limited instances yesterday where his defense got him the ball back or forced a field goal, touchdown, touchdown. He made the most of it, and you need to do that if you're getting paid a lot. Mahomes can do it. Historically, we haven't seen that from Rodgers. I don't want to go all anti-Rodgers. I, we don't need to compare him to Rodgers today, but seeing you brought it up, I'll, I'll go there with you. Well, it's, it's watching the Super Bowl through the lens of the Packers and wondering how did we not get back here? We had Brett Favre, we had Aaron Rodgers. Now we thought, oh, you know, unless your name's Tom Brady or your rookie uh, quarterback, Can't you're not going to get multiple Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, now he's, you know, Mahomes has proven it wrong. I think uh, Burrow has a decent chance of proving. Um, those guys wrong in terms of playing in multiple Super Bowls. And then, uh, you know, I was doing my, my research on how good does your defense need to be? And I saw that, you know, Eli Manning won a Super Bowl with the, the 25th best defense in the league. And I was like, huh, you want to know uh, Eli Manning's more, more talented than Aaron Rodgers? A fun stat that I picked today off of Twitter. And I, I don't really know the, like the full context. Maybe this is cherry picked, but three of the last five Super Bowl champions have had a DVOA of 14th or worse. So a bottom half of the league defense by DVOA, it's not all defensive juggernauts. A lot of these defenses are just good enough, and the offense makes the most of the opportunity when the opportunities come. I do think, and uh, yeah, I I think the game has changed since even 2010 to 2014 with Seattle. I think uh, it's a running, yeah, so much. Is, the NFL changes very rapidly, and I'm not sure my takes are nimble enough to get with it, but we'll see. Uh, Grant, real quick question for you. Uh, There are a lot of people who are still not ready to fire Greg Gard. And um, my question for that crowd, uh, big game tomorrow. If the worst case scenario happens the rest of the season and they finish this season with maybe two more wins. Sure. Will there be people that still want to see Greg Gard for another year or does an absolute disaster season make those people jump off the train. Well, I don't want to fire Greg Gard. I'm not in the fire guard crowd. I am but a mediator in the space of the fire Greg Gard versus the not fire Greg Gard crowd. I I will say, Vagabond John, does Northwestern beating Purdue make the Badgers look better? Now, the Badgers got swept by Northwestern, but that Northwestern team just beat Purdue. Best team in the country, number one team in the country. I can't wait to bet against Purdue in the tournament, but they are the number one team in the country. Does that make the Badgers look a little better? If the Nebraska game doesn't happen, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot, <laughs> that's I what I mean. That. Is everybody oh, keeps on wanting to make great arguments to defend Greg Gard, and Damn then it. the next week happens, <laughs> and it's just like ah, 
And then they, of a, they, you know? they blow a, a double-digit lead at, to a terrible Nebraska. Yeah, no, that's true. That sucks, man. It sucks. If the Badgers just would have t- taken care of business against Nebraska, we could have came on the radio and, and said today, well, actually, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Those Northwestern loss, that's a good loss. That's not a horrible loss. But yeah. then they create. Now, now, if only Nebraska can knock off Purdue, we'll be cooking with gas. That Then maybe we'll be there. Quad one, it, Nebraska or uh, Northwestern quickly turned into middle to high quad one losses which are not uh resume killers but i tell you what a quad four loss against nebraska or i, I don't know what quad they're actually in but whatever it is uh definitely doesn't help uh i think the tournament chances are dead i'm probably with you still that as long as this team if, if he doesn't lose the locker room as everybody always says as long as they finish strong uh play more close games against really good teams i think he gets another year however if chucky hepburn's attitude uh, at the end of games, and if there's a rift that develops between him and players, I got to see McIntosh looking at the four-star players and saying, hey, guys, maybe I want you in my program instead of this guy over the next two, three years. So I am curious. There is a scenario where I will fully join the fire Greg Guard train, but I'm not there yet. Well, we will uh, pull the fan base tomorrow night for the Greg Guard gauge. Vagabond John, you are an important part of uh, of that uh, sample size, that, that case study. So I will look for you tomorrow night. And I appreciate the call. I hope your week is off to a great start. Yes, sir. Great Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Vagabond John on a Super Bowl Monday. It's the Wisco Sports Show here on a Monday. 608-796-2558. If you want to call or text, Twitter at Wisco Grant. we got a couple more minutes before then. we got to shut things down and chat with our guy Mike Clements at 530. So let's take a break. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's fun yesterday. Great game. Got a little weird at the end with the penalty. I haven't thought much about that penalty today. I saw a lot of takes yesterday. A lot of tweets was like, "Oh, we had this great game, and and we and we're left with that. It's ruined by that." No, I don't, I don't think it was ruined. I just think that's how it ended. Not every game's going to end perfectly. Sometimes that happens. We haven't talked much about the refs today. A couple of texts here. One says from Derek, I'm still at a loss on how bad the field condition was. It looked like a slip and slide. Hey, we're having Mike Clemens here in a couple minutes. We'll have to ask Mike about the field conditions because he was there. Boots on the ground. I wonder if he actually went down on the field. He can give an in-person account of exactly what was going on. It, It did look bad. However, people on Twitter were acting like this is the first time in any NFL game ever that players have been slipping. I feel like every couple of weeks, the field conditions are right where it's a little bit damp or the sun hit at a weird angle. Like, sometimes it happens, and I get it's the Super Bowl, and it's the most important game, and I I totally get it. But, like, Mike Florio, and I love Florio for this, tweeting stuff like yesterday, this is an absolute dark mark for the league. It's like, would you calm down? No one died. The grass is just a little slippery. We'll put some longer cleats on and it'll be fine. I don't know that it ultimately crushed one team or another. I, I just love how like dramatic. It's not enough to say, wow, they really dropped the ball with the grass. You got to go all the way and say, like, there needs to be an investigation into the league office into how this was allowed to happen. It's like, would you, would you calm down, Florio? Put your NFL tinfoil hat away and just tweet the score, please. 608-796-2558. Let's connect with Cone Roller before we get to Mr. Mike Clemens. What's up, Cone? 
Hey, Grant. Happy big game Monday. Yep. Um, I think I, I predicted the Chiefs would win. Won a ton of money on them and some other prop bets as well. So oh, I'm, I'm happy as a clam this Monday. That a boy. Was uh, was Phoenix popping? I know that's where you reside. What was it like being in town of the Super Bowl? Oh, it was crazy, actually. Um, got to check out some of the fan fairs they put on on Friday. There was a bunch of free concerts. Um, I'm a little upset. I had no idea Dave Matthews was in town on Saturday. Oh, uh, obviously not a free concert, but I would have paid just about anything to go see him. He, he was doing some Led Zeppelin covers. Oh, man, I'm, I'm major FOMO. So I saw Dave Portnoy was there. He tweeted a video. That's what I. That's where I saw Dave, and that's where I saw that video. That would have been really cool. I'm a little jealous, uh, not just of you being at the Super Bowl festivities, but being in. Arizona in general. Did you like the game? Did you think it all went? Did you have a take on the game, Mahomes, anything? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously Mahomes played like a near perfect game, but I'm giving way more credit to Andy Reid. Okay. Um, because, you know, two out of the three touchdowns Mahomes threw were just wide open. I mean, nobody within 10, 15 yards of the guys. Yeah. And I think that really just comes down to scheming and play calling. And it's, you know, it's it's weird watching a football game where a team can actually run an effective red zone offense. Yeah. Like, what is this? Are we playing the same sport? Yeah. Or third and fourth and short. The, the way that the Packers made red zone and third and fourth and short look so difficult this year was really frustrating. Although they would run plays like that with Adams last year with Devontae Adams where he'd start in motion and then turn around. It, it just, I, I don't know what happened this year to the Packers in the red zone. I really don't. Yeah, and like... I hate to compare it to the Packers because I'm getting really sick of, you know, everyone looking through the lens of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at this particular Super Bowl and at Patrick Mahomes especially. Yeah. Let's face it, Mahomes is a way better player. Uh, he's going to have a way better career. I mean, his legacy as an all-time great is, you know, already above Rodgers. So I think we just need to bury that now and never talk about it again, honestly, because – it's it's frustrating. It, it, I think the debate is over. That you know you can bury Rodgers now. Well, despite what Dave from Monona says uh, and what a lot of people believe, athletes get better as time moves forward because that's how evolution works and that's how the human race works. We get better at training and practicing and health, and that's just that's how it works. So before too long, they'll probably be a player that's better than Mahomes, or you know that's how sports work. Yeah, that's a good point. Old head. Yeah, Dave and Monona. Just, I, I won't get into Dave today. <laughs> Maybe tonight on Twitter we'll talk. Did you? Uh, I know you're a booster. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on with the Badgers after Saturday? Before I let you go. Uh, terrible loss. Probably the worst loss of the season. Honestly, I don't know how you let that Nebraska team come back on you. Um, I'm still not on the fire Greg Guard train, but I also can't confidently call into your show and say. You know he's a hundred percent safe. He's so the man. I'm I'm faltering a little bit. Yeah, I know. Well, Cone, from one person in Arizona to another, I gotta I gotta let you go to call Mike Clemens, who's down in your neck of the woods. We're gonna get some boots on the ground and in person accounting of the big game, if you will. Oh, awesome! Yeah, me and Mike met up over the weekend. Bought him a beer. <laughs> it was great. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that, Cone. Thanks for the call. Yep. Bye. Yep. See ya. That is our friend Cone Roller, who resides in Phoenix. Just taking in the fan festivities. That sounds fun. Let's take a break. Come back in five.
hear from Mike Clemens and an in-person account of what he saw, what he heard, what he felt, what he smelled maybe even at the Super Bowl yesterday. Mike Clemens joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Pressure, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Hang on, there's a penalty. Fire to the pass, holding, number 24, defense, five-yard penalty. Worst case scenario, you'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen, I think on this stage... I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. Just, it changes the entire complexion of how this classic game is going to end. The refs took that from us with a ticky-tack call. If the call is debatable, you do not call it. In the National Football League and the Super Bowl, if the call can be debated after, you do not make the call. And New York should have called down and said, hey, wave that off. Wave that off. That's not enough. That's not enough. We're not letting the game be determined like this. And they did not. And that's two mistakes in one play. Like, in the speed of the moment and everything, you can make a mistake. Bang. But New York is sitting there. They got guys watching the whole game. They're like in their ear. Hey, no, that's not a flag. Wave that off. You hit curves right there and say, wave that off. That's not a flag. They should be kicking a field goal, and we should be watching the Philadelphia Eagles see if they can do something with it. If Jalen Hurts playing the game of his life, can he make a shake? And instead, we sit there and watch them run the clock out and kick a field goal, and there's no time left. And it's just, it, it just doesn't feel right. Controversy at the end of the Super Bowl yesterday. Phillies fans were upset. Ben Kenny was upset if you heard him join our morning show this morning with Yvonne over the line. Mike Clemens is here. And Mike, I know you're just joining the show, but we've basically gone an hour and 35 minutes since 4 o'clock without really talking about that call. It's come up in passing, but I I was maybe expecting some angry calls or texts today. And not really. But everyone else, yes. But on this show, it hasn't really come up. Well, I respect that, Grant, because for me, I was there at the game, mm-hmm. and once I look up in the monitor after seeing the game in real time, I see the hand grab the back of the jersey. I see the other arm kind of going around the belly a little bit. I thought, okay, yeah, all right, that's a P.I., and and I just moved on. But the, I had an experience years ago, the night that the Vikings and the Packers were playing at Lambeau Field uh, in a playoff game, and Randy Moss caught a touchdown, like his second of the night. He went in the end zone, turned around, and he mooned. You know, he'd, he'd pretend to moon everybody in the south end zone. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're in the press box, you see the game. You got binoculars. Uh, maybe sometimes you listen to the radio play-by-play. But, you know, it's quiet up there. And mm-hmm. then you look up at monitors, and you're listening to the, the roar of the crowd and, and that kind of thing. And I didn't get it until really the next day when I played the TV tape, that everybody was all up in arms at Randy Moss because Joe Buck said, you can't have that. That's uncalled for. Yeah. And, you know, an, an announcer changed millions of people's moods instead of saying, oh, it's kind of funny. It's yeah. a little gross, but it's fun. Into it, he totally disgraced Lambeau Field. So I know I've since then I've made it a point to try and find out what the TV guys are saying because that's changing the perception of what's going out there. So that's why I'm running downstairs. I'm running the loser's locker room. And you get a microphone on James Bradbury at his locker and say, do you think you committed defensive holding? I mean, I pulled a jersey, you know, they called holding. 
I was hoping they would let it ride, you know, but wasn't holding. I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. This is a big game, um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. Here's the thing, Mike. You know, everyone's mad, not necessarily because it was called. They're mad because it was called in that spot, right? In that moment, right, the, the game was coming down to the wire. It was going to be a classic. I get that. It's not the referee's responsibility to to guide the game in the most interesting direction. They're referees. They're calling penalties. They're not directors, right? They're not down there moving actors around and and trying to get the best drama. They're supposed to call the calls, right? It's not their job for the game to be the best version of itself. Sometimes that happens. But last night, there was a holding. Sorry, the penalty took away what could have been a final drive. It was a penalty. That's not the ref's job. No, what they wanted to see was... Jalen Hurst to see if he could respond of course. or send the game into overtime as opposed to Andy now gets first and 10 and Andy does a tremendous job for the next minute 30 to, you know, to use up the clock and, and, you know, pretty much to take a, a kneel on it and, and get the win. Uh, I was kind of surprised to uh, the Eagles side of the interview areas. And there's only about 11 or 12 people, around Nick uh, Sirianni, who's, you know, uh, that's a big market, Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was surprised that there wasn't that many people. But after a bunch of questions, I'm looking at these guys left and right, and I can't believe anybody asked it. So I asked Nick, you know, what did you think of the defensive holding call on your Bradbury? You know, I, like, th- those are there's going to be calls that are going to get questioned, right? Not only by... The referees. There's going to be call. There's going to be questionable things that I do, or there's going to be questionable things that Coach Gannon does, or Coach Steichen does, or Jalen does. We understand that, but it's never about one play. It's 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 never about one play, and they got to make that call and split in a split decision. I'm not here to to debate whether it was the right call or the wrong call. Of course, like I'm sometimes I'm like, well, hey, I mean, it went against us. I, of course, I don't like it, but. You know, you know they got to make they got to do a hard job and split second decisions, but it never comes down to one play. Even though at times it perceives to, and that's the parody of this league that you can always track. You can always think like, well, it was just this play, and, it, and it's and that's just not the case. There's, you know, there's whatever amount, however many plays that 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 we had on offense. There's however many plays that the Chiefs had on offense, and then there's all those special teams plays too. And so. Um, Again, like I said, they had a hard job to do in split second, and and I haven't seen all the clips, but you know, uh, hey, that, that's not what that's not what wins or loses you the game. I tell you what, Mike, I you know I might not love Nick Sirianni and some of his antics from time to time, but I give him credit. Philly did a really good job and and took that ending with class, and it's more than you can say for the 49ers and what they did last week. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. um, and to, to be noted. Um, and I think the, I hope the Philly fans appreciate that. In the meanwhile, then you go over the Chiefs side and you ask Juju Smith-Schuster, the alleged victim, do you think that James Bradbury held you on that play? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, my route was to strike in, strike back out. I mean, Bradbury's a good player, but, you know, I feel like at some day it's gonna be, a call is going to be called. You redirect the player, and I think – what I saw on Twitter from people who were breaking down the rules, it's like, well, it, it didn't it didn't reroute Schuster too much. It didn't slow him down too much. But what that move allowed 
it, it allowed Bradbury to get back into better position. He recovered right in a way that he wouldn't have been able to without the contact. And I think that was the sticking point. And, and those little things, you know, players feel that. And Juju's like, oh, absolutely. It might not be obvious, but when you run those routes and you're doing that for a living, you you really pick up on those little things that they might seem like little things to us on TV, but they make a big impact. Right. And Grant, one of the reasons I come to this game every year mm-hmm. is you can't believe how much more I learn about the team I cover in the Packers just by being around these two teams and measuring how they got here and maybe how far Green Bay still may be before they can get to the next step. They, you know, they had a huge turnover at receiver too. Well, Patrick Mahomes was out there, took these guys to Texas you know, shortly after they were signed and worked with them. And it was efforts for the OTAs and the mini camps yeah. to get them. But one of them is, you know, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Ends up being the leading receiver for the winning team with seven catches, 53 yards. But, you know, some of the clutch, clutch plays in the game. And so we're talking to Juju after the game about him and Kadarius Tony. To me, a real momentum shift is that uh, – that, uh, touchdown that 19 gets when he's wide open mm-hmm. and you know Andy gets these guys wide open because he does a motion and he sees like the 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 the, the nickel corner is going to follow that which then they think that you know he's going to just to run a slant route instead he runs the opposite and he's wide open in the end zone he did that twice yeah. he did it with sky Moore. unbelievable so we talked to juju smith schuster about how he and Kadarius tony came from knee injuries ankle and hamstrings where they got really beat up at the Bengals, starring in the Super Bowl. Bro, that boy got here. I don't know what the Giants was doing with KT, but, bro, he's a dog. And Beach and Andy Reid, bro, they they know how to pick and choose who, who to go get and fit for this puzzle of this team. The, the hard part with, with him is that trying to block for him because he's, so, he's like a rubber man. He just jukes so, so many times. And it's hard to block for him, but as you can see, like, I mean, that punt return set us up big to put points on the board. Man, I love playing for him, man. I love I love Andy Reid, man. Like, y'all don't know him personally, but that dude is such, dude, he's such a great dude, man. He's for the players. He's for the players. You know, he, he's not a coach that's going to, you know, drive you and, and abuse you. He's the type of coach that's going to, he's going to help you and put you in the best position possible for you to go out there and perform. Me and KT were hurt. Last game, all, all last week, we did not practice. He looked out for us. And our training staff, I want to give a big shout-out to Julie, the trainer. She helped KT to get to where he was at today, helped me get to where I'm at today. After the game, the AC Championship, I couldn't walk. And I came out here because I believed in my staff and I believed in them to get me to where I'm at today. Getting there early, putting treatment in. I was, I'm putting in four to five hours every day this past week in AZ just just to make sure that we make this dream come true. And we did it. This group of wide receivers, they all came together last offseason, Mike, whether it was MVS, who had a a brilliant game in the AFC Championship game, or Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Kadarius Toney, who didn't have a large role, but when he did get involved, he was really, really useful and really impactful. Compare that to the Packers, right? A lot of new wide receivers as well. The Chiefs found chemistry a lot faster than the Packers did. And even though Andy and Eric Biemi um, have some complicated motions for these guys, they execute it, and you take a very physical, tough Eagles team and create confusion because you're seeing the tendencies. And on top of that, 
They're watching what's going on in the game, and they'll run a play one time, maybe a running play, just to see how they react to the motion. And if they take the bite, then they'll come back with it a couple of plays later, and this time it'll be a passing play, and they'll they'll you know they'll take advantage of that wide open yeah. zone on the outside like they did a couple of times for touchdowns. Man, I think it's like twenty one points. Yeah. So Mahomes, how's he doing this, man, with that ankle injury that he reaggravates in the first half? Uh, and he was asked, "Do you?" Do you, are you getting shots? Are you getting painkillers for this? I did not get a painkilling shot, um, but uh, we, d- we did some stuff to get it ready to go for that second half. I mean, you're in the Super Bowl. You can worry about uh, getting it healthy in the offseason, so I, I just kind of just f- fought through, and we were able to win the game. It's hard to explain, Mike. You've covered football a long time. Maybe you can speak to this. Some of the best athletes I've watched, and I'm just going off recent memory, it's not that they can't get hurt. It's larger than life, and for able to overcome these things like Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle. I think of Giannis in 2021. It looks like his knee bends backwards. It looks like he might be out for a year. His career is altered and all of a sudden, you know, three weeks later in the finals, he's scoring 50 points. Some of these greats, they just know their body. They know how to do it. And, and these injuries just don't seem to affect them the same way as some other athletes. I saw Favre in 99 get his hand. I was on the field in the fourth quarter get his hand hit by two colliding helmets mm-hmm. as if he had, had taken his hand said here slam the door and you'd slam the door of a truck on his hand yeah that's what it looked like like hamburger and he threw a winning touchdown against the raiders on that he came in with a hand all bundled up in ice and he was so emotionally drained at least he pulled out the win he said sorry fellas i, I really can't talk and we all understood he was emotionally drained because i also think he thought his streak was over and he still started the next week yeah. with, with, a, with a broken thumb. So I, I don't understand how these guys do it. I think some of their teammates are amazed. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, Mahomes and all these players just said that 29 minutes they used for Mahomes to, you know, to get rid of that pain in the leg and get him ready for the second half. And the rest of it, you know, they, they had a, the adjustments they made were in their attitude, not really in the game plan, but in their attitude. And Patrick talked about that. We just challenged each other, man, to leave everything out there. And I don't want to say we played tight in the first half, but you didn't see that same joy that we play with. And I wanted guys to just know that everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't you can't let the moment overtake you. I read that quote last night, Mike, and I thought, oh, so that's that's the halftime adjustment. You know, Peyton Manning, not that long ago, said over overrated. Halftime adjustments are they're they're overrated. They're people. You go in, you take a pee, you get a, you get a snack, maybe something to drink, and then you're back out there. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes' adjustment in the biggest game of their life is, hey, let's go out and let's just loosen up a little bit, have some more fun. All right, break, and all of a sudden they're back out on the field, and they look like, you know, for long stretches, a different offense in the second half. They really turned it on, and the the Eagles really didn't have a chance at stopping them in half number two. Every time they got the ball, they drove down and scored. Well, and Frank Clark says that he talked to Chris Jones, their big defensive tackle, and looked at him and said, man, you know, because they're down by, what, 24-14 at half. Mm-hmm. And he looked and says, you know, we, we have to win this game. And he used some language uh, that I can't use on the air right now. But it was just kind of an attitude adjustment. Like, there's more that we can do. We need to settle down, but we need to fight more. Even though I thought the Chiefs came out and they were hard-hitting. I mean, you know, like that one hit that Norton put on in the in the opening drive, even though the Eagles still went for 11 plays and 75 yards and scored a touchdown. Yeah. There were some guys flying around, and the rest were letting them play. One other thing I talked to Frank Clark about this was was the field. I mean, everybody was 
People were changing shoes. You could see it on the sideline. Yep. They were slipping and sliding. You wondered if even the kickers were going to get footing. So I asked Frank Clark, the, the Chiefs linebacker, what was the field like? Yeah, it did. Um, I feel like the field position was, I mean, the field was kind of terrible, honestly. It looked like they laid scripts down or something like that to cover up the grass or what it had before. But, I mean, I had this. we had this problem at, in Arizona before. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, a lot of these stadiums, they try to do new tactics and stuff with the grass or they try to do new things. I mean, I've been playing football since I was seven. You know, the best grass I've ever played on was grass that's naturally there. The best grass I ever played on was grass that doesn't move, that doesn't get shifted and sent inside and outside and all that extra stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it was the field that we were given, you know. It was the field that, you know, we were blessed to compete on. And, you know, you got to make adjustments. This is a game of adjustments at the end of the day. Uh, it's like four dudes, like, changed their cleats at halftime or had cleats being brung out to them or had taped or was doing something, trying to figure it out. It's footing out. I think I, I, before it plays, I started just digging in before the play, you know, just to get some footing because I was slipping. When you get on that paint, it's slippery, you know what I mean? But bad field or not, you know, you got to play football. Well, and Mike, the, the game-winning field goal last night, uh, Harrison Butker was kicking right in the middle of that big painted logo on the 25, and I'm like, oh, no, what if? He slips on this and misses this field goal, and then the game goes into overtime or just something bananas mm-hmm. like that. Luckily, it didn't come down to that. I don't know if the slippery surface played into the, the the result of the game. Can you speak to that a little bit? We saw it on TV, but did it mean anything for the game? Well, I, I couldn't find a play where it did, but, you know, obviously the major fear is if someone, you, you, you wreck the game yeah. because some guy has a knee injury of it because yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, you know, we see sometimes the conditions are slippery at Lambeau. Guys aren't prepared for it, but, you know, everyone was tweeting about it and making a huge deal. It's embarrassing for the league. Luckily, it didn't really, you know, there were some slips and it looked bad, but nobody got hurt, it seemed, and it didn't, you know, make a huge difference in this game swinging or a big game swinging play. Yeah, so otherwise, it was great weather conditions. Like in the 60s, uh, everyone was comfortable and cool. But the wind picked up as the day went on. It got very windy at times. Uh, so, you know, it was probably a good idea for folks to have their jacket on. But the bottom line was this. Um, everybody had the Eagles, and rightfully so, because they are such a power team. You love how those that front line on the offense would get down when, when it's goal to goal or first, you know, they're going for a fourth and one, and they get way down with their pad level. Like, you know, just like they do sometimes in Pop Warner, but it works. And yet, I just thought at the end of the day, I've done too many of these things where at the end of the day, coaching and defense wins these things. And I, and I Spagnola, uh, and I got to talk to him last week. Um, he said, you know, I, I can't take my foot off the, the gas when it comes to their run because these guys will run and run, and they'll go up and they'll still run, uh, or they'll even be behind and they'll run. But it wasn't until they got to about the fourth quarter and then the homes got them up to 35 and they had that lead for a little bit. That's when Spag said, okay, go after Jalen. Yeah. And they did. And that's when you see Jalen now running to his left, which he wasn't very good at throwing from. That's, the percentages are way down and throwing incompletions because he didn't have anybody open. They got him off of his rhythm. The other real surprise is the call of the protection was for Patrick Mahomes. He got hit five times. But no sacks yeah. by that Eagles defense. Yeah, I got. You. I mean, it was such a it was a surprising game the way that it went, but a great game nonetheless. Mike, I got to take a break. Travel safely, and I'm sure we'll have some Aaron Rodgers stuff to talk about before too long. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, well, <laughs> as soon as I get home, 
I'm going to go home and, and crawl into a closet for four days and decide my next brew is a Packers reporter. Well, you've been, yeah, you've been around people. You probably sounds nice for you. Go home and relax a little bit after working so hard for last week. Mike, I appreciate you. Be safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Grant. Mike Clemens on Twitter at Mike Clemens NFL. Let's take one final break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, we only got about 30 seconds left. That's fine. We appreciate Mike giving us some boots on the ground intel on how that game ended yesterday and the field conditions and everything he helped us out with from Arizona. Thank you, Mike. If you missed any part of tonight's show, I thought it was an excellent show. Lots of good calls. We'll keep it going tomorrow, but check out the podcast. I'm going to go home and watch Mavericks Wolves. I'm very excited for some reason. <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow before. You can't tell